Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. If you remember, we talked about uh, Mary Did You Know a couple weeks ago, didn't we? And did, we, did Mary know? <laughs> she did in some ways and not in other ways. She did in some ways and not in other come ways. On, come on over, guys. Have a seat. Come on over and have a seat. Uh, we're going to start... We're going to start our lesson tonight by playing a game, okay? And here's how the game works. So in order to have full audience participation, this is not like a classroom environment where you have to raise your hand. If you know the answer to this, you have to shout. If you don't know the answer, shut up and don't shout, okay? Don't shout random things. Like, don't shout like, ham sandwich, okay? If that, that's not the answer. If you don't know the answer, don't shout, okay? So the game is... Finish the Christmas lyric. Have you ever realized how weird some of the Christmas songs we sing actually are, like how weird some of the words are? You have no idea what you're singing. Okay, so we're going to go through a couple of these Christmas songs, and there's going to be a blank. And when I get to the blank, not before I get to the blank, but when I get to the blank, if you think you know what it is, shout it out, and we're going to see who, who's the Christmas song buff. All righty? So will you bring up our first one, Jake? Deck the halls with. Okay, that's a pretty easy one. Easy one, right? Everybody sing "Fa la 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 la." Fa la 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 la. Hit it, Russ. No. Um. Okay. So, <laughs> so next one, Jake. I'm gonna try to sing these. Away in a manger, no crib or a bed, the little Lord Jesus lay down. As we head, the stars in the sky look down where He lay. Little Jesus sleeps on the hay. The cattle are lowing. Do you know even what does lowing even mean? Does that mean they were getting low? I don't know. Uh, but they were lowing, whatever that means, right? <laughs> no boots with the fur. Okay, next, next slide. Said the night wind to the little lamb, do you? Oh, I didn't. Okay, one person shouted out. See what I see. Very good, Allie. Okay, next one. Next one. The first Noel the angels to say was to certain poor shepherds. That one's kind of easy. Next one, Jake. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth, mercy mild. God in. Wow, you guys are actually pretty good at this. Okay. Next one. Silent night. All is uh, all holy night. All is calm. All is bright. Round. How often during the course of the year, other than Christmas, do you talk about yon virgin? <laughs> Probably not very often. <laughs> uh, never mind. Uh, next, 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 next song, please, Jake. Dashing through the snow on a horse open sleigh. All oh, the fields we go, laughing all the way. Ha, ha, ha. Bells on. Okay. I've got to ask, what in the blue blazes is a bobtail? Is that something you girls wear? Like, is that like an article of clothing? Like... Sounds like something a girl would wear. I don't know what it is, but they're ringing. Okay, is that the last one, Jake? We got another one? Okay, next one. Sleigh bells ring, are you listening in the lane, snow? Pretty good, right? Okay, is that it? Or how many, do we have one more? We have one, okay. Oh, this, one, this one's a little tricky. Come they tell me, pa-ra-pa-pum-pum, a newborn. I didn't understand. Hold on, Jake. Hold on. I didn't understand that one. A newborn. A newborn king. To see. 
Let's see what it is. Oh, you guys are smart. Wow. Okay. Do we have another one, Jake? I'm trying to remember how many of these we made. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Mistletoe hung where you can see every couple. Tries to stop. Is that what we're saying? Oh, wow. See, I didn't know that one. Okay. I didn't know that. Is that that's the final one? This is the last one. Okay. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes. There's uh, white down Santa Claus Lane. He's got a bag that's filled with toys for. Hold on. I didn't. What? I don't know. I think it was something else. Boys and girls again? I think that's it. Oh, Abby, you are smart on the Christmas songs. Okay. So, so. Here's the interesting thing. Think about this, okay? Did you ever sit there with a, maybe some of you did for like third grade choir, but did you have to sit there with a sheet of paper and memorize these words? Most of them you, you listen to on the radio, or maybe you've heard them sung at church, probably not rocking around the Christmas tree, but you've heard them sung at church, some of the carols, and just over the course of the years, these words have been lodged into your mind. Right? Words are powerful and music is powerful. What song did you listen to last today that you enjoyed the most? Just shout it out. It doesn't have to be a Christmas song. Just shout it out. What song did you listen to today that you were like, mm, it's my jam? Can't stop the feeling. Got this feeling in my body. Okay. Um, so there was some song that you listened to that got you moving. Or it got your attention. And, and music and the words in the music, will, the words in the music will give you two reactions. The first one it usually does is it makes you feel a certain way, doesn't it? Like some songs make you feel very happy. And then there's like every Adele song, it makes you feel really, really super depressed and sad. You know, and there, you know, certain, you know, certain kinds of songs and the words behind the songs, I'm not hating on Adele. And all the, wor the words of those particular songs will make you feel a certain way. Okay, it'll make you feel happy, sad, angry, um, hopeful. Then, if a song is good enough, if a song is good enough, it will make you do something. Like some songs, they make you dance. They make you want to dance. That usually has to do with the rhythm. But then there's some songs that make you want to go break something. Like, you listen to music before a game, like before our soccer games, we'd try to find the hardest stuff we could listen to. It was like, kick my leg and punch my face. Wah! You know, that kind of like screaming type. And, and we'd be like, you know, and then we'd go out and we'd try to break somebody's legs on the soccer field. You know, so some music, you know, it'll make you break stuff. And then, and then personally, when a good old country tune comes on the radio, I want to drive real fast. You know, if I get some of that bam, 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 I'm just like, and taking the corners in my Camry, you know, driving it like a race car. Um, so, <laughs> so music, not just music, think about this, guys. Think about this. Not just music, but the words of the music, sometimes it'll actually even make you do things. So we picked up this lesson. We cut it in half last week because we just couldn't get through it all. And it's a lesson about the shepherds were given some specific words by an angel. 
They're given some specific words by an angel. And we were asking two questions, and we were able to ask one last week. Does anybody remember what question we asked? Or do you want me to give you that lesson again? (laughs) Well, the question we asked was, why the shepherds? Because here's what happened. Jesus was born. The Son of God came to earth. And you know, the first person God told was like the lowest rung of society. It was the shepherds. So we're asking, why why the shepherds? And we came up with three reasons. Or I came up with three reasons, I should say. The first is because the shepherds were available. They were ready to hear from God because they were quiet. Well, the, remember the whole you know, census was going on and everybody in Bethlehem's at Club Bethlehem doing the census shuffle because everything's so busy. And the shepherds are over here and they're, very, they're in a very quiet um, area. They're watching their sheep so they're able to hear from God. The next reason we, we thought God visited the shepherds is because Jesus was a shepherd. Guys, we're up here. It's because Jesus was a shepherd. And G, it was symbolic in that Jesus, he saved us, he protected us. He guided us. We knew his voice. Jesus came just like the shepherds lived with the sheep to smell like the sheep. Jesus came to live with us, to smell like us, so to speak. And then the third reason is because God wanted us to understand that the gospel and Jesus came for everyone. Not just some little segment, upper crust of society, but he came for everyone. And that's where we stopped. This angel comes and speaks to the shepherds and tells them, Jesus is born. The Son of God is here, and it's a big deal. So why the shepherds? Those are the three reasons. So something happens, though, after the angels talk to the shepherds, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. If you have your Bible, open up to Luke 2. We don't have the words on the screen tonight. So you're going to have to either get out on your Bible, or you're going to have to do something that I know is very difficult for pretty much all of us to do, and it's listen very closely as I read but I want you to try. So this angel appears to these shepherds, and they're really scared. They're terrified because it's an angel. Angels are scary. So Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He's the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in the manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill on those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. So the shepherds here, Jesus is born. Which that, you know, two incredibly ginormico, ginormous things have happened. That's a word I made up, ginormico. just means ridiculously huge. Two huge things have happened. First, an angel appears to the shepherds. That's huge. Second, the angel drops a gospel bomb on them. The angel says something and kind of drops the mic. It's, hey, the Son of God was born. That's a big deal. And then a third crazy, huge, big thing happens to these shepherds. These poor shepherds. You know, they, they, they're probably not a dry pair of pants anywhere close to them. These, you know, it, these are all incredible things. This, here's, here's the third thing that happens. All of a sudden, a concert breaks out in the middle of a cornfield. <laughs> like in the middle of a field with sheep. It says... In verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels praising God 
and saying, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace on whom his favor rests. What's, think about it. What's the loudest, most incredible Christian concert you've ever been to, if you've been to a Christian concert? You know, I've got, to, I've got to see some pretty, been to some incredible concerts that were just full of worship, and I like music loud. Anybody else like music loud? Like, you like it loud. Like, like if the dial goes up to 10, I want it on 11. Like, loud. So think about that time where you were at that concert, it was so loud, and everybody was just singing praises to God. Think about how incredible that was. Multiply it times infinity because you have angels. It says the heavenly hosts. So at that moment, the same chorus and the same concert that was going on at the throne of God in heaven. If you want to see what that's like, read Revelations chapter, chapters 4 and 5. But this incredible concert is simulcast to the shepherds. And they go from this little cornfield, this little field where you can hear... That's a cricket sound. Is that annoying? <laughs> okay. Uh, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Okay. Um, but you know, they go from crickets chirping to an angel to the news of God coming to earth, and then the loudest, old people would have hated it, the loudest worship service ever just happens in the middle of this field. And then <laughs> it says, the angel left them and went back into heaven. So as soon as it happened, it goes back to, <laughs> so can you imagine the shepherds are all looking at each other like, did that just happen? I can see him like being one of them like Chris Rock, you know, like, you know, and, you know how he's always like, did that just happen? I can just, I, you know, they're like, did that just happen? And, the, and it says they talked about. Um, it, it says in, in verse 15, um, when the angels had left them, the shepherds said to one another, they were talking about it, and you know what the first thing they said is? Because remember what this angel said. He said, God has been born, the Son of God has been born, and here's the sign. Here's how you're going to know what he looks like. He's going to be lying in a manger. And as soon as the angels leave, they, they look at each other, and it says they said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go into the town and see this thing that's happened. We don't want to miss this. So what does it say they did? Verse 16, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby. So they just left their flocks and they went to the city. So here's the question that we're going to ask tonight. And I kind of, I'm kind of jumping around on this one, Jake, so I don't know if this is the next slide or not. But here's the question I want to ask you tonight. Who watched the sheep? If you were here last week, you would have heard me talk about how the reason the shepherds, oh, the shepherds were over here last week, weren't they? The reason the shepherds were with the sheep instead of being in Bethlehem, in Club Bethlehem, doing the census shuffle and partying it up when everybody else was in the city is because they, weren't, they couldn't leave their sheep. If they left their sheep, the sheep could be attacked by wolves. The sheep could wander off. Somebody could steal the sheep. But what happens, this angel visit says, the Son of God is born. He's in Bethlehem, and you know what they say as soon as that angel leaves and that big, loud worship concert is over? They say, we're going to Bethlehem. And they go to Bethlehem. So the question I wanted to ask you guys tonight is, who washed the daggone sheep? Who washed the sheep? So I want you to think about that. We're going to think about that as we talk about what, what went through the shepherd's mind and what happened to the shepherds. And the first thing I want you to think about is that God speaks to everyone. There isn't anyone that God does not speak to. It's, it's, if you read the Bible, the Bible's more than just a history book, by the way. It's so much more than that. It's the Word of God. But if you read the Bible, it gives us a history of us. 
history of humans, the history of womankind. I call it womankind because for 2,000 years we've been calling it mankind. So I think for the next 2,000 years you, you girls should get it and we should call it womankind, okay? So, so, the la- so, so it gives us the history of womankind or mankind, whatever you want to say. Um, and through this history what we see is it's a history of God speaking to people. God makes Adam. And what does God and Adam and Eve do together? They walk and talk in the cool of the evening. God appears and talks to Abraham. He speaks to Moses through a bush. He speaks to Balaam through a donkey. He leads the Israelites through with a pillar of fire and a cloud. He speaks to the prophets like Elijah and Elisha. And then we see in Luke, God speaks to Mary. God speaks to Zechariah, to Elizabeth, to Joseph. And finally, we see God speaking to the shepherds. You may think, man, it would be really awesome if God sent an angel to speak to me and say, Ethan, I am an angel of God. <laughs> and, and, and tell me something. And then you have this awesome Christian worship concert in your living room, and your parents are like, what's going on in there? They're like knocking on your bedroom door like, are you having a concert in there? But um, we would be, it, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great if God did that for us, if God spoke to us? But what I want to tell you is God speaks to you today with 10,000 times, probably literally 10,000 times more words than he gave to the shepherds. Your Bible from beginning to end is full of the words of God. The Bible tells the story of Jesus. The greatest thing God has ever told the world was sending his son to Bethlehem. And you know how we learn about Jesus? It's through this book. And you know how we understand this book? I'll throw that out to you guys. How do we understand this book? Well, you study it, but how do we study it? We read it. We pray. Where does the power to understand come from? Who is it that guides us into all truth? Oh, I heard it over here. The Holy Spirit. You have, I'm not joking. We wish we were back in Bible times sometimes. We're like, I wish God would just speak to me. You have access to literally 10,000 times more words from God than the shepherds did. Because you have this book, you have the witness of Jesus, and you have the Holy Spirit living inside you if you're a believer to help you understand it all. God speaks to everyone. Even people that don't have the Bible. If you read Romans chapter 1, it says the invisible, invisible attributes of God have been displayed for the entire world through creation so that no one is without excuse. There's not a person in the world that God does not speak to, just like he spoke to the shepherds. So here's what I want you to think about is there's a disconnect somewhere because the shepherds, God spoke to them, told them to do something, and you know what they did? Did that scare you? (laughs) Let me do it again. I'm going to prep you this time, okay? Trigger warning. This is going to happen. God spoke to the shepherds, and you know what happened? That's a little less abrasive. That's a little better, okay? There we go, okay? (laughs) And they went, they, they obeyed God, they listened to the Word of God, and nothing stopped them. God speaks to us. 
God speaks to us, and you know what happens sometimes when God speaks to us? We hear the word of the Lord, and then you know what we do? Yeah, I feel like that sometimes, that I do that. Maybe you feel like that too. There's this disconnect between you know what God has told you to do. You've heard the word of God, but you struggle with obeying the word of God. So I think we can learn something from the shepherds here. I think we can learn something about obeying God and responding to the word of God from the shepherds here. So I want you to think about it. The first thing is that hearing from God will change your affections. It will change your affections. I don't know if there's something you're hoping to get this Christmas or something you've asked your parents for this Christmas. Um, just like, you know, you wanted a, a Red Rider BB gun and instead you got a bunny suit. Um, it's one of my favorite movies, you know. But um, let me, I want you to think about something. What was it that you really wanted last Christmas? First question is, do you even remember what you really wanted last Christmas? Second, if you got it, where is that item right now? Have you donated it to Goodwill yet? Where is that item right now? Third question, how much joy, how much happiness from that item are you receiving today from it? I would venture to say that the amount of, I mean, there's some exceptions sometimes, but I'll venture to say that the amount of joy that we are receiving today from the gift that we got last year has diminished greatly if we even have any at all. Our affections change. You know what I mean by affections, right? The things that we talk about, the things that we can't get out of our minds. The shepherds, you know what their greatest affection was? You know what they could not get out of their minds? It was the sheep, right? That was their life. That was what they were immersed in. So you know what they did when they run into another shepherd? They'd talk shop. You know, they'd be like, what's up with your sheep, man? You know, and they'd talk sheep talk. I don't know what sheep talk is, but they would do it. <laughs> you know, they'd be like, man, look at that you. You know, female sheep is called a you. They're like, man, that's, a, that's, some, that's some nice uh, sheep skin on that you. That'd make a really nice coat. You know, they're talking smack about their sheep because that was what, and it sounds ridiculous to us, but it was a big deal to them. Just like we talk about our clothes or our sports teams or our boyfriends or girlfriends or friends. When you hear from God and you respond to God, it means your affections will change. It means you allow God to change your affections when it used to be all you could think about was football, but now all you can think about was serving God and learning about God. For the shepherds, it used to be all they could think about and all they would talk about was sheep, and now they wouldn't shut up about what they saw in Bethlehem. So it changes your affections. The shepherds used to be afraid, now they're courageous. The next thing that, that hearing from God will change is it will change your priorities. It'll change your priorities, and, and I'm going to say something. I want you to stick with me because it's going to sound like I'm saying something really bad, but I'm not. God should not be the first priority in your life. He should not be the first priority in your life. You want to know why I say that? It's because we're list people. And maybe you've come up with a list like this, and you say, God is first in my life. And you feel pretty good about writing one dot God. And then what's that second thing in your life? Maybe family. So you two dot family. 
three-dot-sports. So, and then we try to live by our priorities. And you know what we do? God's our number one priority. So the first thing we do in the morning is we get up, we open this book, we study it, we mark it up, we write down some observations, and we're like, God was first in my life. I studied the Bible today. Now it's time to focus on my sports. And you spend the remaining 23 hours a day focusing on World of Warcraft or your Xbox games. But God is number one because you did that first and you checked it off your list. Can I submit to you that rather than God being first priority in your life, God should be the center of your universe. And that everything you do, whether it's school, whether it's friends, whether it's relationships, revolves around God. So it's not just your God thing over here, and it's not just your relationship thing here, and it's not just your friends here, and it's not just your music here, but everything you do, you do as a child of God, and it revolves around God. The, the shepherd's world used to be the sheep, but they left the sheep. So who watched the sheep? Who watched the sheep? There are two theories on this. I I looked it up and was looking at some very smart people. There are two theories on this. The first theory is that the shepherds, there were some other, what would be called under, they called them under shepherds. We'd call them assistant shepherds. (laughs) How would you like to be an assistant shepherd? You know, that the assistant shepherds were left to watch the sheep and the senior shepherds (laughs) went to see the baby. That's one that's one idea that some scholars believe, but most, most that I have read believe that all the shepherds left the flocks and went to see Jesus. And I agree with them. You want to know why? You know me, I'm a highlighter guy. And I got a new set of highlighters, and now I'm up to eight colors. So it's very exciting um, if you're Matt McClay. But what I've done is verses 8 through 20, I've highlighted in kind of a fuchsia, one of my favorite colors, all the times the shepherds were referred to as the pronoun them. So it describes all the shepherds who were in the field, and it calls them them. An angel appeared to them. They were terrified. The angel told them not to be afraid. Go down to verse 15. When the angels had left them, the shepherds said to one another, let us go into Bethlehem. Verse 16, so they hurried off, found Mary, Joseph, and the baby lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word about what had been told concerning them about this child. You understand, at no point in this biblical description, when it starts off talking about they who were in the field, does it break away the they and say, okay, and then after this point there were these shepherds stayed behind and these shepherds went. It said, they were in the field, they went. I truly believe all the shepherds ditched the sheep and went and saw Jesus. That's a big deal because the shepherds weren't just risking that a couple sheep would die. Do you understand? The shepherds didn't have a bank account. Those sheep were their bank account. One day they would shear those sheep and sell the wool so they could feed themselves, so they'd have money to feed themselves. One day they would sell those sheep to be butchered so they could go buy money for food and clothing. That was their bank accounts. Sitting in the middle of nowhere, they hear about Jesus, and the gospel message to them was so powerful 
that they left everything they had in the field to go see Jesus. You want to know where we are? I think a lot of us, we try to do this whole like spin two plates on our, on our hands and we try to take care of what's ours and we try to take care of the things that we think are important to us and then we'll run over and we'll try to see Jesus over here. And we'll say, oh Jesus, hold on, I got to go check. I think there's a wolf attacking my sheep over here and we're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and that's not what God has called us to. God's called us to total surrender. So what I want to ask you tonight, be creative in this, okay? Understand, you don't have sheep. I understand most of you probably don't have, anybody actually have a sheep at their house? That would be really awesome if somebody did. No? Okay. Um, but what I want to ask you tonight is, what is your flock? What is your sheep? What is your flock of sheep? What is the thing that is stopping you from spending time at the foot of Jesus? What's that thing that's become God in your life? Is it a relationship or the thought of having a relationship? Is it your academics? Is it your sports? Is it maybe even your family? What is it that's separating you from God? That your world is revolving around instead of God. Hearing from God will change your priorities. So, Jake, you can bring up our little list here. Here's three things I want you to think, or four things I want you to think about doing. Responding to God's voice. The first is you got to see Jesus who, for who he is. In verse 17 it says, when they had seen him, they spread the word. Can you imagine what it was like for the shepherds when they went and they saw the Savior of the world in a feeding trough? They got to see Jesus. Can I ask you, when's the last time, not visually, but when's the last time you've opened the Bible and God has spoken to you and you've seen Jesus? The second thing, the second thing they did is they spread the word. As soon as they saw Jesus, they didn't go back to their flock. They, the sheep were still alone. They were just sitting there like, meh, you know. Nobody was watching the sheep. They went and they're like, more important than checking on our sheep, more important than making sure our life is going the way we want it, is to make sure people know about this, because this is news and people got to know about this. Let me ask you this question. Who's the last person that you have told about Jesus Christ to that doesn't know Jesus? Ouch. Number three, they stopped and they embraced the silence. If you look at... Um, if you look at this, the whole Mary, did you know? You know, I'm not trying to knock on the song because last week we said, yeah, Mary knew. But then this week, what I want you to read is in verse 19, it says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. In the middle of all the craziness, you know, she had just given birth. You know, that's kind of crazy. Um, the census, shepherds, you know, <laughs> all these men show up <laughs> to check out your baby. That's kind of weird. She stops and she thinks about everything that God is going to do through this child. When's the last time in the most crazy Christmas season you stopped? I thought about the things that God is going to do in your life and the lives of others because of the salvation and gospel of Jesus. And the final thing is they sang to God. They, they glorified God. It said the shepherds returned. They did go back to their flock, but they got, went back to their flock different. They returned glorifying and praising God for all these things. When's the last time you gave thanks and you gave praise to God? When's the last time you did that? So I feel like, I, I, I'm afraid that including me, sometimes we're caught in the middle. You know, we're not totally tending our flocks. We're not totally holding on to that one thing, but we're not letting it go. And there's something we're holding on to in our life that's stopping us from being totally devoted to Christ. So what's your one thing? If your one thing is not Jesus that you can't live without. 
It's time to take inventory of your life. It's time to make some changes. So let's pray, and we're going to pack some gifts. Uh, Father, thank you that you've given us the opportunity to hear from you. I pray that we will never take it for granted. I pray that we'll give up the thing that we're holding on to the most, and that as we sit at your feet, as we listen to you, you'll do things in our life that are exponentially greater than anything we could have imagined. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.